Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a powerful five-part series entitled Relationships. In this series, we learn how God wants us to deal with relationships, especially the tough ones that can drain us. May God bless you today as you enjoy this week's message. And so if you got your Bibles, you can open them to Jeremiah 30 and 31, or you could just follow along. It might be hard to look in the scriptures because I'm, I'm using selected verses that I think God would just use to speak to us today. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, say amen. amen. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, declares the Lord. I will surely save you out of a distant place, your descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security and no one will make him afraid. I am with you and I will save you, declares the Lord. That's a good place for an amen. Amen. Though I completely destroy all the nations among which I scatter you, I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not let you go entirely unpunished. Aren't you thankful God loves us enough to discipline us? From them will come songs of thanksgiving and sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreased. I will bring them honor and they will not be disdained. Their children will be as in the days of old and their community will be established before me. I will punish all who oppress them. Their leader will be one of their own. Their ruler will rise from among them. I will bring him near and he will come close to me. For who is he who will devote himself to be close to me? Declares the Lord. So you will be my people. And I will be your God. See the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath. A driving wind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, you will not understand this. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you, listen church, with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an unfailing kindness. I will build you up again and you, virgin Israel, will be rebuilt. Again, you will take up your timbrels and go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. There will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go up to Zion or Jerusalem, to the Lord our God. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy in the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. They will be like well-watered gardens. And they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad. Young men and old as well. Listen. I will turn their mourning into gladness I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow the days are coming declares the Lord when I will make a new covenant and what church 
with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. Listen, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sin no more. Hallelujah. Praise Almighty God. You can be seated. Jeremiah, listen, the prophet Jeremiah, who's often known as the weeping prophet, is the one God taps on the shoulder and says, listen, I want you to declare a word for me. I want you to let my people know, even though they have been disobedient, even though they have been unfaithful, I am going to be their faithful God. His total prophecy, if you know the Bible, his total prophecy of Jeremiah is dominated by a tormenting tension between a covenant, listen church, made by a faithful God and unfaithful humanity. Over and over and over again. If you were to ask me to summarize the entire Old Testament, I would put it like this. It consists of a covenant between a God who is faithful a God who goes after his people like the hound from heaven. And people, humanity, with our free choice, being unfaithful and disobedient. And in this particular context, if you will, Jeremiah is proclaiming a prophetic word against ancient Israel. Because listen, they are baking cakes for Ishtar, the queen of heaven, the pagan mother goddess. Worshipped by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. They were practicing the barbarous rite, if you will, or ritual of child sacrifice. Imagine that. Pagan abominations desecrated in the temple. Worse of all, the people thought that they were getting away with worshipping many gods as long as they fumbled, listen, through the formalities of religion. And Jeremiah comes along and he mounts the prophetic pulpit, if you will, and he says, amend your ways. He actually uses language that Jesus would pick up in the New Testament. Remember when Jesus went into the temple? Remember that? And he turned the tables over and he drove them out with whips and cords. Jesus wasn't very happy on that day. Jesus referred to the temple as a den of robbers. You've turned my father's house, which is supposed to be a house of prayer, into a den of robbers. God was revealing all the way back in the Old Testament that, listen, I am going to clean house. I am going to move out those who are being disobedient and those who are being unfaithful to me. He revealed to Jeremiah that the rack and the ruin that had fallen on Judah were only acts of preparation that would enable God, listen, here it is, to rebuild a new people, to establish a new covenant. 
The passage is letting us know, if I can just use one prop with you today. The passage is letting us know. If you study the original language in the Hebrew, you get a sense that Jeremiah is saying, God is about to sweep the house. And God is going to sweep out the old, the unfaithful, and make the floor just as clean as it can possibly be to build up a new people, a new covenant. Not that God just was, you know, determined to destroy people and punish people. No, 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 no. People were being unfaithful. People were being disobedient, though God continued to be faithful and obedient. Jeremiah says, God's going to clean the house. He's going to sweep away the old. And he's going to bring in the new, a new covenant that he would send from among his people. A covenant that Jesus Christ would come and fulfill to its fullness on that Thursday night, the night before he was betrayed. When he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. When the supper was over, the Bible says he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Pour it out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And then on that next Friday, the very next day, Jesus would go to the cross. He would embody, he, he would put on display, if you will, the sacrifices of God and the way in which God was setting up this new covenant for his people. And so from that, we have what we celebrate today, which is Holy Communion. How many of you growing up referred to it as Holy Communion? Show of hands. How many of you growing up heard it referred to as just communion, not Holy Communion? <laughs> when we hired Pastor Fuller about two and a half, three years ago, he showed up. And we, I remember when we first started planning our very first communion service, uh, Pastor Fuller uh, put communion. And I said, well, it's actually Holy Communion. He goes, no, it's, it's communion. I, I, said, I said, it's Holy Communion. He, he said, no, no, I've never heard it called, called Holy Communion. I said, well, brother, here it's Holy Communion. And he goes, well, I sure am glad I got hired at a church where communion can finally become holy. <laughs> Here, here's my question for you. Really, really simple and, and to the point today. What makes it holy? What makes what we are about to do with our brothers and sisters from Uganda and all of our campuses and as the body of Christ, what makes this Holy. I would declare to you today, as Jeremiah was declaring to the people of that day, it has everything to do with your heart. Whether you're here today out of religious obligation or duty, or whether you are here with a pure heart that is hungering after God. I said hungering after God. How many of you have been really hungry? I'm not talking about spiritual hunger. I was just talking about that. Let's transition to physical hunger. How many of you have ever been physically, I'm talking like hungry? Hungry! Yeah, most of us haven't been in America. I know I haven't really been hungry, but I was hungry Tuesday night. Tuesday night, I worked all day long. I had all kinds of things to do on Tuesday. And then I was getting ready to come and be with the beautiful daughters of the king at NCCIW. 
And the day got away from me, and I, I, I got in the car, and I just hit the road, and I, 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 I didn't eat much of a lunch, and so I didn't eat any dinner. And so I walked into the NCCIW with lots of folks from New Hope Church who go and, and lead that campus every Tuesday night. And we went in there, and we led worship, and we preached the gospel. And I just wanted to stop by and let you know today that on Tuesday night, when I declared the gospel and gave an invitation, listen, church, over two hundred women raised their hands and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It was unbelievable. But I walked out of there, man, and, and they don't have air conditioning in NCCIW. Remember how hot it was on Tuesday? So we were like sweaty. I don't think I've ever preached when it was that hot. So I was kind of famished and I left it all on the field, if you will. You know what I mean? We left and I realized I'm so hungry. And I got in the car and I had Pastor Dave book out and Pastor Mitch Cotret, the new North Raleigh campus pastor, with me. And I said, guys, let's not go home. Let's go to Garner because Pastor Derek was meeting with an infused leadership group in Garner, North Carolina. I said, let's surprise them. So we took out to the Garner campus and, and we busted up in their total surprise. And we sat in there and, and they welcomed us and all this kind of stuff. And then they sat us in the back of the room while Pastor Derek finished his leadership development teaching, and then they called me up there a little bit later. We had some good Q&A time, but, but my point is they sat us in the back of the room and sitting right beside me was a table of Christian chicken. Now, how many of you know what I mean when I say Christian chicken? Oh, we got some Chick-fil-A fans up in the house. Love me some Chick-fil-A, right? And, and so they sat me down. But I didn't want to be like, you know, the pastor who stopped by who just kind of started eating. Dave and Mitch didn't seem to care. I mean, they busted up to the table and they loaded up and they're eating. And I sit down and it's right beside me. And right beside me is this big platter. And then right beside the platter, right beside it, oh, glory, hallelujah, was a container of the gold Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, oh. Sister back there said, mm, mm, mm. So, so y'all like that stuff too. If you haven't had Chick-fil-A sauce, you, you haven't lived yet. And when you have it, you might be born again because it's, <laughs> it's that good, dude. It's that good. And so right beside me. And so I tried while, while Pastor Derek was teaching, I tried to every now and then grab a Chick-fil-A nugget and dip it into the Chick-fil-A sauce and Oh, I, yes, I have food issues. Yes, I, I was so hungry and I got filled up on Christian chicken. But here, here's my question. Actually, here's my thought process. As I got in the car and we started heading back to Durham and Chapel Hill, I actually thought this. Why, why don't I regularly hunger after God as much as I did after that Chick-fil-A when I was starving? What would it look like? That's what Jeremiah is getting at. He's saying, guys, listen, you've got a hunger after God. What if we as, as brothers and sisters in Christ came to this table and what drove us here and what satisfied us here was literally a filling of our souls and our spirit with the heavenly bread from heaven. What if we gathered as a community around the table of the Lord? And listen, we had, a, we had a holy hunger for God. 
that so transcended a physical hunger. I know you're going to be hungry again. Some of you might be hungry today. You might be thinking, dude, y'all need to wrap this thing up so I can beat the Baptist and the Methodist to the restaurants. <laughs> I know how you think. The Methodists are already there. Don't worry about it. The Baptists will be singing just as I am a few more times. You'll probably beat them. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Actually, yeah, I do. They were playing religious games with God. God said, if you play religious games with me, I'll clean house. I'll sweep it. Because I'm looking for a remnant people who would hunger after me. Who would thirst after me. So much so that, listen, they... They couldn't take anything less other than the presence of God. What makes communion holy? Here is what it is. It is when a beloved believer in Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, comes to the table and their one and only desire is to receive the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. That is what makes this holy. How many of you have watched the, the television show Master Chef? Yeah, quite a few. I saw it for the first time last summer when we were on sabbatical. We saw the Australian version, and our family loved it. I just caught on to it the other day. It's showing in America. It's a different version, but it's called MasterChef. And the, and, 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 and the, the, the great chefs are lined up, and people bring their, their, their menus and their agendas, and they cook it in front of the chefs and the judges, and then they judge them, and, and they're harsh. They don't play. But if you watch it, here's, here's something you realize. It's not only about the taste of the food. It's not only about how good the ingredients are and how good they cooked it. Preparation is key. What it looks like. When you go to a nice restaurant, you know that. You go to a cheap restaurant, they just throw the food in front of you. But if you go to a nice restaurant, it's not only about how it tastes, it's about how it's prepared. I stopped by today to let you know, listen, he has prepared a feast for you. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who left the throne room of heaven. Jesus said, yes, Father, left, came down the stairway of heaven, if you will, spent 33 years preparing this feast, showed us how to live, showed us faithfulness, showed us humility, showed us wisdom. And when it came time for the final feast, he said, this is how much I love you. This is how I'm going to prepare this feast for you. And he spread wide his arms and he died. And he shed his blood. And if that weren't enough, he went into a borrowed tomb for the weekend. And the father raised him up again. This is my preparation for our communion time together. And the way in which our communion time together becomes holy is if you will meet me at this table where I have prepared all these years for you, if you will prepare yourself and meet me at this table and receive a piece of bread, a cup of wine, if you will, fruit of the vine, and if you will come and hunger after me, 
thirst after me. I'll meet you at the table of the Lord. This will become a sacrament for you, which means God's grace, by the way. And I will meet you here. And this simple gesture of bread and wine will be for you, listen, the body and the blood of Christ. And we will have holy communion together. All heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's pray as we get ready to receive. Father, we give you thanks for the prophet Jeremiah. We give you thanks for the word of the Lord that teaches us that you are faithful time and time and time again. Father, when we are unfaithful, we confess that sin and we ask you to forgive us. Father, we come to this table with grateful hearts. We come to this table desiring that it would be holy, but we know, Lord, that that has to do with our hearts. It has to do with our hungering after you. It has to do with our confession and our repentance. So, Lord God, we embrace this moment even of silence and we, we confess our sins. Forgive us, God, as we name them, even now, one by one. Father, we not only confess, but as Jeremiah would declare, we amend our ways. We, can, we confess and we also repent. We turn from those ways of unfaithfulness and disobedience. We put the cross before us, God. Where you bled, suffered, died. We celebrate the empty tomb of the resurrection. And we leave this table today forgiven and redeemed by your body and your blood. God, make us one with you and one with each other. One with our brothers and sisters from Uganda. We ask that you... You make this church a faithful community, God, that as you look down upon your church universal, that new hope would be characterized as faithfulness and obedience and humility and integrity. God, that you would never look down upon us and want to sweep us clean. But instead, Father, when we fall short, we would come before you with broken hearts and contrite spirits, basking in your grace continuing to feast upon your body and your blood which nourishes our soul satisfies our hunger quenches our thirst forever and so we receive with grateful hearts we receive in Jesus name Amen Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.